can know that God is still working, even though things aren't the way, um, aren't, they aren't ideal. And uh, I know when I was a, a kid, I, I, maybe it's just childish thinking that you, you think things, you know, everything is going to be ideal. People tell you everything's going to be all right. And that's just not always the case. <laughs> you can, you know, so we don't want to give empty platitudes. What you can say is God will prom God's promises are true regardless of what we experience and what we go through. He will be there with us. Now, we can, pro we, can, we can proclaim that. We can promise that. The good news of Ecclesiastes is God is with us in a messed up world. His grace is still apparent in a messed up world. Can I give you one little example of that? If you go back to Ecclesiastes chapter 2. Um, I think it's chapter 2. Let me just read a couple of verses. Verse 24. There's nothing better for a person than that he should eat and drink and find enjoyment in his toil. Toil. This also I saw is from the hand of God. For apart from him, who can eat or, have, who, or who can have enjoyment? And here's the one that, that gets me. For to the one who pleases him, God has given wisdom and knowledge and joy. But to the sinner, he has given the business of gathering and collecting only to give to one who pleases God. <laughs> this also is vanity and striving after the wind. It says, in the messed up world, God is turning things around. So um, he, he's even taken from, from some. It's kind of kind of what I call my Robin Hood verse. He's taken from some and given to his own. And I've seen him do that. And uh, so God is still taking care of us. His grace is still apparent in a messed up world. In chapter 9, in verse 11, um, I'm going to look at two themes today. Verses in verse 11 through 12. Let's read that and then just think about what it's talking about here. Um, Again, I saw that under the sun, the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, nor bread to the wise, nor riches to the intelligent, nor favor to those with knowledge. But time and chance happen to them all. For man does not know his time. Like fish that are taken in an evil net and like birds that are caught in a snare, so the ch children of men are snared at an evil time when it suddenly falls upon them. In this chapter, he's talking about death, and he's talking about the fact that we can't escape death. And then in this section, he says, the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, nor the bread to the wise. What he's saying is that, um, you know, we make a lot of New Year's resolutions, and we say, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to eat healthier, I'm, gonna, I'm going to get more rest, I'm going to exercise, I'm going to do all these things. What we're trying to say, in essence, a lot of times it says, I'm going to make myself better so that I can be the winner. I can be the conqueror. And Ecclesiastes reminds us, no matter what you do, you won't conquer death. Not in your efforts. You want to live longer, you want to be healthier, yes, but you will not conquer death. You don't have it in you. The race is not to the swift, the battle to the strong, nor bread to the wise. Then he says this, for man, it says, but time and chance happen upon them all. What is the time and chance that happens upon them all? <laughs> it's death. No matter how much money you got, no matter how strong you are, no matter how healthy you seem to be, 
there's one thing that you and I are going to experience. And that's an inevitable thing of life, and that's death itself. And so that's not just sad news. It's just realistic. So prepare and be ready for it. Even as believers, we realize that this is the life that we have to live. Live it to the glory of God. He you know, read earlier, this is what God has given you to enjoy the toil, the work of your hands. Enjoy, produce, do what is profitable because you only have one life to live and you have a limited time to do that. Do what is profitable. Now, all through Ecclesiastes, he's going to show us what is profitable. In fact, he shows us some good things, some not so good things, and some better things. And the, 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 the bottom line, it is better than to serve God, to turn your life to him and to live productively for his glory. That is far better. And so in this section, he's saying you can't beat death or misfortune. Man does not know his time like fish that are taken in an evil net, like birds that are caught in a snare. So the children of men are snared at an evil time when it suddenly falls upon them. We try to, you know, we get insurance for our cars, for ourselves. We, we try to deal with all the inevitables of life. But we can't escape those realities. And so um, um, we, we really have to turn to God. We can't turn to ourselves. We can't turn to technology. We can't turn to man's power. We have to turn to God. We are wise when we realize that and do that. Now, the second section I want to look at gives us another message, verses 13 through 16. I have also seen this example of wisdom under the sun, and it seemed great to me. There was a little city with few men in it, and a great king came against it and besieged it, building great siege works against it. But there was found in it a poor, wise man, and he, by his wisdom, delivered the city. That's good news, isn't it? That's encouraging. But then it says this, Yet no one remembered that poor man. But I say that wisdom is better than might. There's another one of those betters in Ecclesiastes. Wisdom is better than might. Though the poor man's wisdom is despised and his words are not heard. The words of the wise heard and quiet are better than the shouting of a ruler among fools. Wisdom is better than weapons of war, but one sinner destroys much good. Um, he's, he's speaking two things. One is this city was under siege and it was delivered by a poor and wise man. That reminds me of our prayer. Our city, our city, our country seems to be under siege. You look at the political things that are going on and all the turmoil that has happened. And as believers, we recognize we need to pray for our city. We need to pray for our state. We need to pray for our country. We, here it is, we need to be that poor, wise man that by his wisdom delivers the city. And when it happens, guess what? You won't get credit for it. <laughs> no one will say, hey, praise God, let's have a celebration for all the hard-praying believers who stood in a gap. They're not going to do that. In fact, they're going to blame us and, and push us to the side. 
that old poor wise man was despised yet yes he did deliver the city we pray tonight we pray in people's lives I was uh, having a um, we had our meeting with our pa a monthly meeting with our pastors um, yesterday and uh, you you know usually when I'm here especially we're in the, in the fellowship hall I lock the front door because you you know you just can't see anybody who might come in you want to keep everybody safe uh, but because we have people coming in at different times I left the door open and a gentleman came in that wasn't a part of our meeting he came and he walked in uh, but he's somebody I knew somebody I hadn't seen in years and I got a chance to sit down and talk to him actually happened to be uh, uh, Cliff's son Sean who had been to this church several times I hadn't seen him probably in four years I don't know how long it's been I remember just having times where where we would meet in, in counseling or meet in discipleship um, person to person and just one-on-one -on -one and you know, try to pour God's word in, into him and he's going through just a lot of different things and a lot of different issues. Um, but you have time to just pray for that individual, to share and to pour God's word once again uh, into a person. And, and we are like that poor wise man that um, that our, our city, our country in many cases is under siege and we are praying because we know the solution. The solution is not a political party or political effort. Um, it's not to put down that one is better than the other, uh, but it's not going to happen through that. It's going to happen when people come to know Christ. And it's the gospel that we preach that makes a difference in lives. And as a whole, it won't be recognized. We went through, we're going through this whole virus thing. And, you know, our political leaders are telling us, close the churches. It doesn't matter. You're not, you're not essential. We don't need you. We don't need pastors to go into hospitals and minister to those who are sick. That's not essential. That's not important. So all of the ministry, all the things that we do are put down and made to be little. And yet, God has called us to come to pray. We're just a small group tonight. We're just a fraction of what the whole church is. We should have the whole church here, either in that side or on this side. And we don't have that. I remember from being a little boy, my father was pastor. We would have three people at prayer service, and it would be small groups. And we did just like we did tonight. We prayed, we sang. We heard God's word. That's what's going to deliver God's people, and that's what is the salvation to this nation. Godly people praying, ministering, and giving out the gospel. You need to be reminded it's not going to be appreciated. That poor man was despised. They did not remember him, but he delivered that city. And so we stand here tonight in the gap to pray and to deliver, to, to deliver individuals. I'm reminded of how um, our hearts are, 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 are um, called to pray for loved ones. Um, I, I think of Sister Beverly, and she would always ask prayer for Reggie and Phyllis. We remember that to this day, and we still can pray for them. Uh, it's the praying um, that is effective, and so we, we thank God. The, the, the the lesson here is be that poor wise man. And through prayer today, 
we can we can be like that man and uh, we don't know um, what God will do with that we know the world won't appreciate it but we know we need to keep doing it be not weary in doing well we will reap from what we sow we want to sow our prayers tonight we want to see God's blessing and God's answering uh, as he purposes and as he wills be encouraged saints Evening, Saints. More going to be more testimony about just the, the power of prayer. You know, getting um, sick, but I didn't know what the issue was, and um, I kept getting sicker and sicker. And so, um, I'm just so thankful. Because when I preached, I didn't realize that the next Sunday that I would be in the hospital. So, but I didn't feel good when I preached, but I just felt that I could get through. So that's Satan uh, trying to attack. But, you know, I was... um, He's not more powerful than God. And what had happened was um, when I gave the sermon, I still wasn't feeling good. Uh, my family had seen me that Friday before, too, and I was, I just wasn't feeling good, and I kept getting worse. And it got to the point where I couldn't hold any food down. And this would just let you, set you, let you know just how to, it was almost like a setup to kill me because I didn't know that I had diabetes. So my blood sugar was spiking in going up and down but when I got sick I couldn't hold anything down and so I thought to myself I needed to drink some white soda that's what I normally do it settles my stomach down normally when I'm you know you know vomiting and things like that but that's just pure sugar and when I drank it it felt it tasted made me have like a taste like I had the syrup in my mouth and so I got diet spray and I couldn't hold that down couldn't do anything and so the day that I went to the hospital was because I couldn't breathe. It had nothing to do with the nausea. It just the nausea kept getting worse, but I just couldn't breathe. And um, when I went into the hospital, I barely can remember the first uh, day and a half or so. I know I slept a lot, but I just praise God because the thing about it is without the prayers of the saints, I don't believe I would make it. Even when I got back, um, when I laid down in the bed, I started to feel this weird dizziness. And this is, it felt like, it wasn't a regular dizziness. It felt like my head was going like this, back and forth. And at first I thought it was a health thing, but then I prayed and it went away. And I started to think like, this is a spiritual thing. And so just, the thing about it is, when you think about, the, the the calling of a of a pastor is Peter said we shouldn't lead the ministry of prayer and the word. And I was just thinking about that and as I was in the hospital sometimes I was just laying in pain. And I was like, man God. He was like, well, just pray to me. And I was praying and he would be like, okay, you in pain, you have to accept it. 
You just got to accept that that's the fact of, of what it's going to be. And I just was thanking God because as I was praying and as I was laying there in pain, he was revealing to me more and more about the suffering of his son. He was revealing me more and more about what the power of prayer is, what spiritual life is. He was making me more and more thankful to be alive. He was making me more and more understanding of what my purpose was. He was growing me. And he wanted me to be there. And so things that Satan brought about to destroy, God brought about to grow. And as I sat there in the hospital in pain, and then sometimes when I came home, what it encouraged me was a dialogue with the Lord more. Not that that doesn't, didn't happen before, but just a dialogue with the Lord saying, Lord, what do you want me to do with this? How do I deal with this? Now, when I came back to church, somebody had came and they said, you know, I've been praying for you. And I appreciated that because those prayers, I believe, kept me alive. Now, somebody else came and said, I've been praying for you. And I, I didn't appreciate it because that person could have been here on Wednesday. And here's the thing. We show by our actions what our faith is. I talked to Brother Cliff about it, and I said, you know, do you think a lot of believers know how to encourage themselves? And he's like, I'm not sure that many do. I said, because if, when I was sitting there, I wanted to be sad, but I, it, not that I wasn't going through things, but I wanted to be sad, but I couldn't be because the Lord was telling me to encourage myself, and I was getting encouraged. And as I was being encouraged by myself and the Holy Spirit, I couldn't just get down in the dumps. I couldn't be all sad. I couldn't be all low. And the nurses and everything, they was all just kept on saying how polite and how pleasant I was. I wasn't feeling good. But I was enjoying the presence of the Lord. And so... I just want to encourage all the saints because I was meditating on the word sometimes. I couldn't read the word because something had happened to my vision when it happened. I couldn't see things that was close up for a little bit. Thank God that has come back. But I just praise God so much because he's delivered me because of you guys' prayers. When saints dedicate themselves to come on sun, on Wednesday nights, you know you're going to be rewarded. I want you saints to know that you're going to be rewarded. I appreciated my Auntie Shell's prayer. My dad had said that she was like the emotional, she carried the emotional load of the church when she prayed. And I really appreciated that. And I appreciate all you guys' encouragement and prayers and cares for my family because it was needed very much needed. And I appreciate you guys because that encouragement is what kept me alive. And it kept my family alive. And you know, there's more life than just health. There's also spiritual life. My kids was getting drained and my wife was getting drained. But you guys sustained them until I could return. And I really do appreciate that. And you know, I came home and little Jordy, he jumped on me. 
you know, and all the kids, they was, you know, they, they, they react different ways. Ethan was talking to me. AJ just sat next to me. He couldn't really say nothing, but he just wanted to play his game and just be next to me. But it's just a joy. It's a joy to be with you guys. That's why I get so mad when I see people don't want to be faithful. Because when you can't be here, you just don't know how that feels when you want to be here and you can't be. That's why I just can't understand when you can be here, you just choose not to be. That's why I get a little mad. That's what gets me a little bit passionate because I believe that every time that we serve the Lord, he will repay us. The Lord is not cheap. He pays all his workers. He tips everybody. He paid more than he should pay. It's abundant. The Lord said, the Lord, it says my cup overflows. And that's what he do for all of us. He reward us so much. I just appreciate that, I man. I came back. I hugged Lawrence, hugged Andy. I appreciate you, brothers. These leaders just keep on serving and loving. I appreciate you guys. And I just thank God because, like I said, without the Lord, where will we be? Where will we be? We'd be suffering for no reason. We would all be suffering for no reason, wouldn't we? Because we would still be going through rough things. We just wouldn't have nobody to lean on. So let's pray for our family members. I think about Jay going through a similar thing that I went through, but without the Lord. I think about other people in our families, my cousin James, who went through some crazy stuff that he did with my cousin Megan, who did some crazy stuff. And these people think they know the Lord. Oh, they think they know the Lord. But they stand alone. Oh, man, that, that makes me pray for them even harder. When you realize that they're going through the things that we're going through with nobody. Praying to an empty room. We got to pray for these people. We have to evangelize to these people because that's sad. I think of my grandfather, Holt, dying. I think of my grandfather, Kenner. He is dying, but he's dying with dignity. He's dying walking with the Lord. Every time he can, he come to church. He take a special effort to try to come when I'm preaching. I know he do. And I really appreciate that. But this is a man, he's teaching us how to die. We must all die. I almost died, but it wasn't my time. But we must all face God one day. And we will pay for our actions and we will answer for our behavior. And that's why we have to turn to the Lord today. Speak to him today. Amen. morning everybody evening it's my morning because I just got up from a nap <laughs> um, what I want to just focus today easy one today is just focus for our nation's leaders um, we have a new regime change 
and um, like him or hate him, it's God's will. So let's just fo- focus on keeping prayer, keeping our leaders in prayer, and the continued course of what the Lord is doing in our country. And I'll close this up. Dear Heavenly Father, our gracious Heavenly Father, we come to you tonight thanking and praising you for your word, Lord. And, and thank you, Lord, for having a personal relationship with you as Lord and King. We praise you, Lord, because you are the um, orchestrator of this. everything that goes on, Lord. You are in control. didn't surprise you when Biden and Kamala Harris took office today, Lord. That was no surprise to you. Lord, help us to um, remember to uphold them in prayer. Lord, we know and um, within ourselves we still have to hold that you would have them to come to know you as Lord and Savior. As far as I know, I don't know if they even know you, Lord, but I'm praying, Lord, that you, they would come to know you as Lord and Savior. Pray for all those that will be around them, Lord, that you have placed. Um, some in the in Congress, Lord, do know you as Lord and Savior. We pray, Lord, that those who are around them, would uh, they would see the light of Jesus shining through them, Lord, and be a witness to the greatness of who you are. In Jesus' name, I thank and praise you. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, I just pray for our country right now, Lord. I've always been thankful that I live in a country with religious freedoms and that I'm able to come to church and worship the way I want to, Lord, and um, the climate that's been changing in our political world right now, um, it does give me pause for the future, and I do question what's going to happen, but we know that you are in control and that you have called us to worship. You call believers to speak out what your word is, Lord. I just pray for um, our country and just how they have so little hope. I've seen so many people just posting on social media about the inauguration and about the new president and vice president as if these people are our saviors. They post as if they're going to be delivering us to heaven somehow. They put so much hope and faith in people and they completely reject you. And it just, it burdens my heart, Lord, that we can be so given to a person and so devoted to a person that isn't even serving you, that even isn't even interested in you, Lord. And we don't see anything wrong with that. I ask that you would just touch people's hearts, Lord. They realize that your salvation was never coming through the United States. It was always coming through Jesus. And that doesn't matter who's president. It doesn't matter what country we live in. That you have called us to come believe in him and to rest in what he's done and his promises. I ask that you would just give us opportunities to teach people of this country that our leaders We've had the same people come in and out of office since this country has began. We've had the same type of sinful people come in and do what they've wanted to do, and that has never brought anybody to salvation. And I ask that you would just help us to show people what our hope really should be in. My hope as a black woman is not because I have a person of color as vice president. My hope as any type of person has always been in you. Our country used to be a Christian country. And we've gone so far from what your word says and what you said is right and wrong into whatever we feel like is right and wrong. We've come up with our own definitions of marriage, our own definitions of gender, our own definitions of lying, our own definitions of cheating, and said that that's right and it isn't. So I do ask that you would save our president and vice president, Lord. It would be a blessing to have the leaders of our country also be leaders of faith. But we also know that that may not happen, and we still need to respect the offices that they hold. We still need to keep them in prayer. 
We need to pray for the people that surround them, that they will make wise decisions, that we will not be a difficult country to lead as we have been in the past, but um, that we would do things with eyes wide open, that we would seek your will in how we, how we vote and how we support and how we talk to each other and, um, and just how we support our new leadership, Lord. We do know that you have placed them there, that you have a purpose for this, even if we don't understand fully what it may be. I would know that um, we just need to trust in your sovereignty, Lord. And I don't say that to say that we should never speak out on what's right or wrong. We should, but we do know that place something to happen, that that was in your will. And that's not something that we should fight against, and that's not something that we should um, regret that you have done. But I do ask that you would just teach us to teach others what real hope is, and that we would use that as an opportunity to show them back, to point them back to Christ, and not to any political figure, Lord. You're in prayer, Lord. I just want to continue to just lift up our nation's leaders, Lord. Um, your word says that you set up and bring down kings, Lord, and that you are in control of everything, Lord, and we just praise you for that, Lord. Um, as much as they want to deny it, Lord, things and actions they do is in your will. You are allowing it to happen, and you are the one that's put them in power and, uh, and put the decisions in their mind um, for what they want to do to continue your will, Lord, and we just praise you in that. Um, we just continue to just pray for our leaders, Pray for their spiritual walk. Pray for the decisions that they make and the legislation that they pass, Lord, that um, ultimately you get the glory. And ultimately, it doesn't matter what they pass, Lord, if people are still looking at perishing, Lord, and do not have a relationship with you. We ask you to continue to do your will in our country, continue to do your will with the lives of the people who are leading us. And we just ask that you just continue to bless our country, and more importantly, just bless your church. In your name we pray. Prayer requests.